desert land, fools, and warriors. It's all on the Rhyme and Reason podcast, episode 168. Hey there, Tony here. Hey, welcome back to the Rhyme and Reason podcast. And this is episode 168 and uh, chugging right along. May was a really good month for the podcast. Uh, A lot of people listened in. And I was asking last time, uh, I think I mentioned this last time, that I wanted to uh, thank everybody who was getting me real close. I thought we were going to make it to a thousand downloads and listens last month. We almost did. We got really, really close. And I just want to thank you for being there and listening and helping me get as close as we did. And who knows, maybe June will make it. Um, we're, we seem to be gaining a little traction. People seem to be liking it and sharing it with others. And if you if you haven't already shared it with somebody else, all these rhymes and reasons that I put out here, I'd, I'd love it if you'd do that. And I'd love to hear from other people, see what they're thinking too. And um, but I'm not going to talk about a, a lot of that right now. So I'm just going to kind of get right into it because at the beginning you heard me talk about a desert and fools and warriors. And uh, you think, well, that's a kind of an odd combination. But then again, you know, you've seen enough of those movies where uh, there are warriors in the desert and, you know, a lot of times they did foolish things, right? Uh, well, none of that has anything to do with this. I'm just going to jump right in. Let's, let's just say that, you know, that you're in a desert land, uh, a terrible place with you know, basically no hope of getting out, no food, no water, no shelter, and no idea even which way to go. And then out of the blue, a ghost appears and begins leading you to food. In fact, you walk into fields of juicy, tasty produce. And not only that, but the ghost shows you how to get honey and good fats from the ground, right out of the ground. If all that happened, wouldn't you think you'd just hit the best lottery ever? I mean, Sure, it's not money, but you're in the desert, you know. You don't care about money. You want food and water, right? Well, the ghost is a real person, and the story I just told is based on a true story found in the Bible. It's about how God took a man named Jacob and made him into a nation. And you've probably heard of that nation, right? Israel. Well, the story goes like this, and I'm going to quote it right out of the Bible. This is the New King James Version. He found him in a desert land and in the wasteland, a howling wilderness. He encircled him. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye, as an eagle stirs up its nests and hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wings. And so the Lord alone led him. And there was no foreign God with him. He made him ride in the heights of the earth, that he might eat the produce of the fields, and he made him draw honey from the rock and oil from the flinty rock. Now, what's the difference between rock and flinty rock? Flinty rock is a lot harder. So you'd think, well, how do you get oil out of that, right? Well, let's say you go from a desert land to a desert of honey. Do you believe the Bible is just a, a bunch of fairy tales or myths or made-up stories by delusional men? 
Those are all quotes from centuries of doubters. I've heard them. I've heard them so many, many times. And um, if you're a member of any of those categories, you're walking alone in a desert land, whether or not you know it or believe it. And that's unimaginably sad because the road to happiness isn't a road you take alone. Also, it's a road paved with love and gold. And it's a road that leads out of the wasteland of doubt and misunderstandings and terrible things. And it goes into heaven, this road does. But here's the thing. No one's ever going to force you to go if you don't want to go. But I encourage you to discover why the Bible is the best-selling book of all time. And I'm convinced that if you read it with an open mind and heart, it will change your wilderness roaming heart to one full of love and purpose and focus. And not only that, It's amazing the power you can feel when you know you're going to live forever. And you know where. More than merely a metaphysical feeling, you'll discover provable and tenable facts. So, will you look into it today? And if you already have and you've discovered the truth I'm talking about, why don't you share it with someone else? God loves it when you do that. I'm going to have a little rhyme here to help you remember. It's called Love and Gold. Dig deep and find the treasures for your heart. The Bible is the perfect place to start. And as the words unfold, revealing love and gold, the life God gave you never will depart. That's a great feeling. And even though we don't base salvation and truth on feelings, it still gives you a great feeling. For those of you who are a little maybe more touchier and feelier than me, it's a great feeling. So I'm going to jump right into, because it's not a foolish thing, right? It's not a foolish thing to feel. That's not when I say people who are, uh, you know, more touchy-feely than me. It's okay. It's all right. And (laughs) with limits. But it doesn't make you a fool. And that's my segue into the next segment of fools, right? So you've heard that expression, uh, only fools rush in, but, you know, rush in where? Or, or does it matter? Yeah, I think about old expressions, and I often wonder how they originated. And this one's odd, because when you think about it, hmm, well, on the surface, it could sound like a put-down to some, some brave heroes like soldiers and cops and firemen. After all, they rush in where others don't, right? And they're the so-called first responders, they rush into dangerous places filled with bullets and blazes. Does that make them fools? Well, no. When someone came up with that expression, only fools rush in, they were talking about people who dive into things without consideration and contemplation and counsel. You know, your mom used to tell you, look both ways before you cross the street. I hope she did. Mine did. My dad too. All adults told us that. And that's good advice when it comes to other parts of your life. Give yourself the best chance for survival, for success, and consider the consequences of bad choices. Now, I speak from experience. My bad choices have made me a fool more times than I care to share with you, but each day is an opportunity for a renewing of your mind. That's right out of the Bible, too. Each day, you can get out of bed and face the world as though it's brand new. And don't let only the fools rush into it. You jump in too, feet first or headlong. Either way, just don't go in fear. 
Go with the power God gave you. And don't be like the guy in this poem. It's called The Foolish Side of Me. It's hard to write a song when you're really not enthused. The words seem so jumbled up. The melody seems so often used. I've got to go on trying to hear and write the perfect song. I know sometimes I'll stay up and end up writing nothing all night long. So say it. Tell me it's not worth it. Tell me only fools try such things. I don't know, but if I am, it doesn't always show. It's hard to write a song when you really don't know how. The time seems to slip away and you're forced to face it now. Gotta go on trying and maybe I can write a pretty song. And if I am a fool, maybe there are fools who'll sing along. Now that was written, let's say about 40 years ago, (laughs) a little less, 39 years ago. And that was written by a younger version of me. And that's why I say, you know, I was making some foolish choices back then. And this fool rushed in to places where he shouldn't have rushed in. But that wasn't the point that I was trying to make. And I hope you got that point that I was trying to make. Now, I'm going to talk to you about how you can get to become, well, how you can get out of being a fool to being more than a conqueror. If you could just take a minute to try and see yourself from God's perspective, you might get a better understanding of how Christians are more than conquerors, more than conquerors. And that's true because of one thing and one thing only, God's everlasting love. In case you didn't know, there was a guy named Paul who wrote a letter to the Romans about 2,000 years ago telling them, at least the ones who were interested, about the grace of God. And God's grace is synonymous with his everlasting love. Paul wrote this in his letter, quote, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Unquote. Now you might look at that second question and answer, well, almost everyone is against us, aren't they? But the point Paul is making with that question is that even if everyone is against us, None of it compares with God who is for us. And God is for you the moment you trust in His Son as your Savior. That's a key point because His Son took your punishment. Oh, I know, that's not a word people like to talk about, punishment. But we all do things that are deserving of punishment. And we do them every day in some form or another. Paul's letter to the Romans Continues like this, quote, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You see that? There's that love again. Jesus came to earth as a man to offer everlasting life to anyone who would trust him. And he put his life where his intentions were and are, and he allowed himself to be conquered by his captors, so that we could be more than conquerors. Are you with me so far? Let's continue in, the, in this same letter that Paul wrote. Quote, Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Wow! That's amazing! 
you have an advocate whose everlasting love makes everlasting life a reality for you. And when you choose to believe and trust in Jesus, the deal is sealed. Paul also writes, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And that's the part I'm talking about. The deal is sealed. Now here's a list of physical obstacles unable to separate you from God. Quote, Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Unquote. Wow, that's pretty amazing. He tells us that we are more than conquerors. Now here's a list of non-physical obstacles that are unable to separate you from God. And this is quoting from the same letter. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Unquote. The love of God that was manifest, that was brought to terms and brought to flesh in the form of Jesus Christ. And that may be words in a name that make you cringe. I hope not. I hope it makes you um, long to seek him out because of what he's done. And I just wonder if you're starting to see how important it is to trust Jesus. When you do, your eternal life is sealed and secured, like I said. But, like I also always say, it's your choice. No one can make the choice for you, not even God. He lets you freely choose. If you haven't already, why would you let another day pass without choosing? Because you might not have tomorrow. You just might not have your next breath. No one's guaranteed any certain amount of time here on planet Earth, especially as it gets more and more wicked and meaner. But keep this in mind. More than conquerors or even world beaters, more than warriors or non-retreaters, we are loved with an everlasting love. And that, coming from God, can give you everlasting life. So, therefore, choose wisely. If you haven't already done it, if you have, um, tell somebody else, okay? Share it. Don't hold this great information to yourself. Do what I'm doing. Share it in any way you possibly can, whatever way works for you. Share it before it's too late to share it with anybody else, okay? That's why I share the rhymes and reasons with everyone that I can right on, uh, right here on my podcast and on my website, TonyFunderburk.com and I'd love you to share these rhymes and reasons with your friends and family. If That could be a way that you share it, is just share what I'm sharing, okay? And then we can all stay connected. You could uh, tell them they can join my Rhyme and Reason Club right on TonyFunderburk.com. You just give a name and an email, and they start getting all this information too. And they can check out books on Amazon.com or Smashwords.com. And certainly subscribe to this podcast and help me keep the momentum going. And you can do that on iTunes or Google Play. And you can still connect with me on LinkedIn and Google Plus and Twitter and YouTube and 
even little old Facebook. So those are the ways. I hope we'll stay connected and I hope you'll share this with your friends. And then uh, I'll see you next time on the Rhyme and Reason podcast. And until then, this is Tony saying, may God bless you and keep you. There's a rhyme and reason for you.